Something that I have been passionate about for a very long time is cars. It is one of those topics that I can go on and on about, as you will most likely observe in this interview. And joining me to talk about some cars is a good friend of mine, Brody Myers. He is a sophomore at Oklahoma State University, not to be confused with the University of Oklahoma, which he is always despised. He joins me from Stillwater, Oklahoma, and being the student journalist I know him to be, was about to conduct an interview himself. But in the interim, we were able to talk in a way that brought us back to a time before 2020. Well, almost. All right. Hello, Brody. I'm glad to have you here today. Um, How have you been doing? I'm doing well, Garrett. It's a uh, cold day here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I love cold weather because it means I get to wear clothes that look better on me. And um, it's just I, I don't like hot weather. So when it's cold, I'm in a good mood. Hey, I can understand that sometimes hot weather, especially down here because of the humidity, it can just be unbearable sometimes. So I completely understand where you're coming from. But hey, it's great to hear that you're doing well today. So uh, I guess you're ready to go right into this topic. I'm ready when you are. All right, perfect. Especially within the world of cars, it's a topic that not a lot of people can be well versed in. But I can tell you just like any other topic, just like with sports or with politics or with news in general or with just video games, there's definitely a lot to go into and a lot just happens within the course of a day, even a week. A lot just happens and a lot of it's just really interesting. So thank you so much for uh, spending the time to talk with me about it today. It's my pleasure. And uh, for our listeners, I'm coming at this from a very average, novice standpoint. I can. I told Garrett when we talked about this, I could change my oil and I can pump gas in my car. That's about it. Hey, I'm telling you, you're already doing better than the average person because most people don't even know how to change their oil. And unfortunately, I'm trying to learn how to fix that, but I'm included in that list as well. But I do know how to pump gas and I do know a heck of a lot about the uh, the intricacies of just what goes on with cars. So uh, I think that's all we need for this podcast. Well, let's get rock and roll. There's a lot of different ways we can go into this, but I'm just going to start off with one of the big things. Um, I'm going to go off on a random guess here. And would you happen to have a Ford F-150? How did you know? I remember one day uh, we, were in a, we were in the same group, me, and I saw your car. As it was like the steering wheel. I recognized that's the steering wheel on a 11th gen Ford F-150. And that's why I wanted to ask you about that today. It sure is. I drive an extended cab 2006 Forest Green F-150. Um, I love the thing. It runs like a charm. It's got like 250,000 miles on it, but I would drive it to California and back and not have a single sweat over it. Wow, that's great to hear. And since you said it's a 2006, that is definitely the 11th Gen F-150. With 250,000 miles, that's really impressive. I bet you take a lot of good care with it, don't you? Well, it was my uncle's before it was mine, and he really did. He's an accountant, so when I gave it to me, he gave me this probably 1,000-entry spreadsheet that he had been keeping i mean seriously i'm pretty sure he marked every time he pumped gas in it if he checked the oil he marked it if he pumped gas every time he changed the tires every time i went to the shop i mean the credit goes to my uncle that thing was like a king when he gave it to me that's really great to hear and that's really what you have to do with those cars my family they've owned expeditions which is not exactly the same as the f-150 but for that generation and for the first generation and second generation really even third generation expedition they used very similar engines especially that 5.4 liter triton v8 does your truck happen to have that engine yes it does 
Something that those engines have been notorious for, especially if you don't baby those trucks, with some issues with reliability on the engine, whether it's spark plugs or cams and things of that nature. So especially considering that your uncle was so meticulous about upkeep, it's not surprising that that thing is running like a champ at over 250,000 miles. Well, thank you for the compliment on the green machine. Not my favorite. I'm more of an orange person, as you know, <laughs> but um, I'll take the green. I know what you mean by you're more of an orange person since you're at OSU. Orange is the happiest color. <laughs> but I guess uh, while we're on the topic of F-150s, I'm sure as you probably know, uh, you've probably seen a lot of those uh, F-150s around, even not just with that generation, but generations before it and after it. F-150, they sell around, if I'm not mistaken, at least one every minute. So it's by far the best-selling vehicle in America. And for good reason. Yeah, it's really uh, one of those trucks that has a lot of appeal, especially within the last few years. They were the first American truck and really one of the first trucks out there to really introduce the truck as less a utilitarian vehicle or more as just like this could be a status symbol, can be like a comfortable hauler for your family or for yourself. So that's why in 2001 they introduced the crew cab and seemed everyone else seemed to follow after that. I'm talking about for their half-ton trucks. And they've really been ultimately trying to lead the game in terms of innovation and luxury and that's ultimately what they've done with the especially within the last few years and with their new 2021 f-150 which is soon to be released and you're soon going to see people on the road driving it that's what they've really tried to do because even though the f-150 has done a really good job of luxury you can tell especially with other competitors such as their american ones chevrolet gmc and of course ram they've really stepped up their games in recent years to really compete with the f-150 and especially with ram which had the refresh of their truck the ram 1500 back in 2019 i have to admit even as a person who's really been a ford guy for most of my life like when they when i saw that truck they really stepped up the game in terms of luxury capability as well what do you think of that truck and what do you think of how ford's kind of stepped up to really add something new to the segment especially with that uh refresh of their f-150 well of course ford is the original car brand when you see that blue logo with the curse of ford on it it means something to a lot of people and, you know, you don't even have to say Ford F-150. You can just say F-150, and everyone knows what you're talking about. You mentioned that it's a comfortable ride. It's a status symbol. If you're imagining an American truck, what you're going to see is an F-150. They just had that brand power literally forever in terms of cars. I think that's why they've been so successful trying to up the game against their competition. And they just keep getting better each and every year. But I rode in a friend's 2020 Ram 1500. This thing was like a spaceship. It's got all these cool features on cameras, backup assist. The console looks like an iPad. The touchscreen where you would control the radio and all that. If you're asking me, if I'm at the car dealership, money's not an object. Ram 1500 versus Ford F-150. I'm choosing the Ram. I knew someone who had a 2018 Ford F-150 King Ranch. I was inside that, and I thought, wow, this is a really nice truck. Despite that, I just looked inside the way that the Ram 1500 is set up with that massive touchscreen that you were referring to. Attention to detail and just the craftsmanship in that uh, interior is just like... Even with Ford's redesign for 2021, I was still saying to myself, I think the Ram is still the prettier truck. Well, I agree. Pound for pound, it is the prettier truck. I am a Ford person, so I'm a little biased, but I can't argue with it there. Speaking of the King Ranch, that's my dream realistic car. I feel like that's something attainable. Not necessarily my dream dream car, but the King Ranch, that's a goal. 
George Bush had this 2013 silver Ford King Ranch. He still drives it. He can't drive on the road for obvious reasons. They've had that trim, the King Ranch trim for Ford since the 10th generation. It's not necessarily the highest trim, but I feel like for most people, that's really the trim that you want something that feels utilitarian. It feels nice, but not too glossied out like Ford's current limited and platinum. That or the Lariat, that's really a solid choice for a trim level. I completely agree. And if I could tell a quick story, I read a book written by a Secret Service agent who protected Lyndon Baines Johnson. And he said every Sunday, LBJ insisted that he drive himself to church. So there was LBJ in that convertible flying down the Texas interstate, driving himself while uh, his Secret Service agents were having a heart attack. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, that's one thing that they barred him from doing, especially when I was mentioning George W. Bush. They will not let him drive that truck on a public road. Or any vehicle. And if I'm not mistaken, that interview where they had him driving the truck was with uh, Jay Leno. I would say for me, this is going to sound crazy. Really, for the longest time growing up, my dream car was actually a Ford Expedition. My family drove an Expedition for a few years, and I really liked it. It's spacious. It was a reliable car. That's a reasonable choice, Garrett. My mom and, like, my mom's mom, my gr- my grandmother, they both owned 2,000 Ford Expeditions. The trims were different, but they both owned the same car. And honestly, I've thought about those cars for years at this point. And with my mom's Expedition, unfortunately, that Trident engine I was talking about earlier, it started having issues. It had the 4.6 liter engine in it, which was another Trident engine. It worked really well in the Crown Vic. It, it didn't It didn't work well in the uh, Expedition. But my grandmother had the 5.4 liter V8 engine in it. And like, it always ran really well. They sold that truck in 2013. And I wanted that car. I know I was way too young to drive, but I said, I wanted that car, like, for my first car. I really did. And what happened was the people they sold that truck to, like, it was this uh, this, this young woman. She, they, she wrecked the car a month later. Like, I was heartbroken when I found out about that. It would have been much better in your hands. Yeah, I really do think so. <laughs> that That hurt. Also in the realm of Ford, you probably heard about their new Bronco. It was supposed to be announced, and they were supposed to show much more about the truck earlier this year but unfortunately with the pandemic just like everything else was pushed back despite popular belief they did not axe the car because of oj simpson they axed the car because they realized that hey this isn't as marketable anymore they got to get something that's more popular and more practical for more people and that's a big reason why the expedition came along ultimately it's not as big as the last rendition of the uh, bronco from the 90s supposed to aim directly at the heart of the jeep wrangler i'm sure you've seen the pictures of the new Bronco and everything, but what do you prefer, the new upcoming Bronco or the Jeep Wrangler? When I was growing up, my dad drove a pretty sweet green Jeep Wrangler. It had brown leather seats, soft top that you could take off, of course. I gotta say, uh, the Jeep. Plus, I don't want to walk around looking like an accused murderer. I had to be honest with you. Jeep looks nice, but I've seen that new Bronco. There are some differences, I will admit, but... I'm going to have to keep it real with the Ford fam right here. Now, what we've ultimately seen is a lot of the American automakers, Ford, GM, Fiat Chrysler, what they're doing is they're phasing out their cars in favor of production for more SUVs, such as that Bronco we were talking about. GMC is going to bring back the Jimmy Jeep. They just showcased their Grand Wagoneer. They're resurrecting it from the 90s and making it all glossied up. Kind of reminds me of a Range Rover. 
Do you think the American companies divesting from cars and going all in with SUVs is a good idea? Or do you think that's just ripe for disaster and the foreigners, especially with European cars and the Asian market, they're just going to take advantage on American impulsiveness with trends? What do you think? No, I I think it might be smart to go into SUVs because I think when people drive a four-door sedan, it's usually going to be a Toyota Corolla or a uh, Honda. I, I don't see a whole lot of Ford Fusions on the road, if that makes sense. That's true. With the American automobile industry, especially with when it came to sedans, a lot of it with American perception of cars, it was really self-inflicted. What we saw back in the 70s and even before that time was they are really good at making large cars like the Impalas, the Galaxies. But with the Ford Pintos of the world, yeah, they, they messed up the reliability on that. And that's something that the Corolla, which is the best-selling car in the world overall, the Civic, even with a lot of the other automakers that have entered the scene from other countries, countries, that's something they've done really well. And that's what people remember. If they want a car, that's where they go to first. Well, Garrett, I'm glad I uh, got to get some car talk off of my chest. Yeah, uh, me too. It's really great to find someone to talk about it with. Admittedly, it's hard to find people who know a lot about cars and know a lot about the intricacies of just things of that nature and can recognize stuff and look at stuff as holistically. So it's really great to talk with you about this. Well, you didn't find someone who knows a lot about cars than me. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, the thing is, something you have to understand about me especially is when it comes to cars, I've been really looking at this even since before I was five years old. From the video games on PS2, Need for Speed, Underground, Underground 2, Most Wanted, Midnight Club 3, like, I was into all the video games, like, looked at Motor Trend Magazine for over 10 years. Just, just have that in perspective, so... That's why it might seem I'm able to just talk on and on and on about cars. But, you know, it's just that's something about me that has just always interested me. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when I talk to my brother about it or my mom about it, they're just like, OK, OK, yeah, that car looks nice, but kind of a car nerd in case you haven't been able to tell yet. So we will be right back. Hello, everybody. I hope you have enjoyed the show thus far. In the bio, you will notice that I have posted two links. One is a link to my local guide profile. I am a freelance reviewer for Google. So far, my 50-plus reviews have been seen by over 100,000 people, and my over 400 photos have been seen by over 2.8 million people. I have done reviews on sporting venues, restaurants, theme parks, airports, and more across several states. I even wrote a review in Spanish. The other is a link to a blog I have started this year in my MCJ 310 journalism class. And before you tell me, I know I need to post more stuff on the blog, and I know I need to fix the weird link. Both will be done very soon. The blog is entitled Going Places, Eating Things, and it is something I definitely look forward to developing, just like my local guide profile. Be sure to subscribe to email notifications on the website to know when I make my latest post. Okay, I've already talked you to death enough in this episode, but we're almost done. I hope you have enjoyed it thus far and maybe learned a thing or two about cars. I wanted to talk about something that you're interested in. It doesn't necessarily have to be about what we're talking about, just something that interests you. Because podcast point is to be a few of my favorite things, but at the same time, I also want to see what you're interested in as a person. So we can talk about that for a few minutes. I can give you about five minutes. I've got to run to an interview. Five minutes is perfect. 
Okay, what am I interested in today? Well, I guess the election is at the forefront of my mind. I am a novice political journalist, and uh, I'm actually going to go interview a Pennsylvania voter. And, you know, first of all, I'm stressed about the election because I don't think we're going to know on November 3rd. And I'm afraid there's going to be some civil unrest if we don't know. Yeah. And if it goes one way or the other, I think we could see some civil unrest. I don't know. I've just, I've lived through a few of these, and I'm not looking forward to this one. How about you, Garrett? Hey, uh, I'll have to be honest with you, Brody. I'm really thinking the same way. No matter who wins this election, I really do think that there's going to be someone on either one side or the other just upset with the result or just finding incoherent commonalities or things that they just didn't like or just was done wrong. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. And civil unrest, as terrible as it sounds, especially within America of all places, I feel like, especially for this election, it's inevitable. So uh, it's sad, but I feel like it's just the reality we're in. Ultimately, you're saying you're going to go ahead and interview a Pennsylvania voter. I'm happy to tell the uh, folks listening on to the podcast right now what's your major and what is this interview a larger part of? I am a multimedia journalism major here at Oklahoma State, and this interview will probably be used for a class project. But it's going to air on the student newscast called The Daily O. The student publication here at Oklahoma State is called The Ocali. So the television newscast is called The Daily O. And they can see it. Don't really know when. I don't know when this podcast is going to drop. But if you go to my YouTube channel, Brody Myers, B-R-O-D-I-E-M-Y-E-R-S, you can go see that. All right, thank you for the plug. I have to admit, this guy has an amazing voice and amazing delivery, so really check out his stuff as well. Brody is a journalist I have a lot of respect for. He definitely uh, knows what he's doing, and he's definitely a person that you should watch out for, especially in the future of journalism. Especially from a guy from Mississippi, this guy in Oklahoma is something you need to pay attention to. You're too kind. I'm not being kind, I'm just being truthful, Brody. It's really the truth, I have to admit it. Well, thank you very much. means a lot. No, like you said, you got to go ahead and get into that interview. Uh, be sure to send me a link to that. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk with me. It's really great to have a conversation about this. And I think this is going to be a good first episode for the podcast. The pleasure was mine. I'll leave you with this. Go Cowboys, the OSU ones, and go Bills. <laughs> I just knew you would do that. <laughs> you know me well. Again, thank you so much, Brody. It was great talking to you. And everybody, thank you so much for listening on to the podcast today. And I hope you are intrigued by this and you just loved what we talked about today. And you go ahead and listen on to the rest of the podcast from this season. I hope everyone has a prosperous day. And because, you know, I'm a Southern Miss student, Southern Miss to the top. Thanks again to Brody Myers for talking with me today and for giving me his stellar audio to implant into my podcast. Also, thanks to Diamond Style for the music. And thank you for listening to this first episode of the podcast. Be sure to like, comment, and share this podcast. If you are able to, go ahead and listen to the next episode. I don't talk as much, I promise. And even though the next episode is considerably longer, the conversation is just as engaging. Stay prosperous.